Awesome. Welcome. Hey, uh, you guys all came back. That's very cool. Uh, the word uh, for summit is never. Thanks for the awesome worship. Christine, thanks for the fantastic breathing prayer exercises. That was wonderful. Um, and uh, the word for summit is never. And uh, it's an invitation to grow in the grit necessary to follow Jesus. This morning we talked about the grit to hold on to a promise and never let go. And tonight we're going to talk about prayer and what I might call prayer grit. But before we uh, dive in, I want to have some fun and uh, kind of fulfill what I would call my pastoral duty because where I'm from, whenever anybody talks about prayer, it seems like it's the, uh, you know, the, the absolute responsibility of the preacher to deliver some uh, funny and adorable children's prayers. And so I have five children's prayers in front of me. How many of you want to hear them? All right. Well, for the hundred of you that do, let's go. These are kind of dear God prayers. So I got five of them. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. That's pretty good, right? Dear God, it must be super hard to love all the people in the world, especially my brother. I don't know how you do it. Dear God, I love Christmas and Easter. Could you please put another holiday in the middle? There's nothing good in there right now. <laughs> Dear God, I want to be just like my daddy when I grow up, but without so much hair all over. <laughs> my favorite. Dear God, if you can't make me a better boy, don't worry about it. I'm having a real good time, just like I am. <laughs> Isn't that a great prayer? I uh, love that. So there they are out of the way. The teaching is on prayer. It revolves around two statements that I believe uh, have power to unlock for you new possibilities in very practical arenas of your life, in things like relationships and family, like career or career aspirations and finance, things like character and faith. See, God wants to do things in your life that seem impossible in these very arenas. And you rise up and do impossible things by prayer. So I said there's two statements. Here's the first prayer statement. When you pray, anything is possible. As a matter of fact, say it with me. Pray, anything is possible. One more time. When you pray, anything is possible. Now lean over to your neighbor and say this. Anything means anything. That's right. See, anything is the most wide open word in the English language. It has infinite meaning, infinite possibilities, just like prayer. Prayer is just as wide open as that word. That's the first prayer statement. When you pray, anything is possible. And my two daughters have put this statement uh, to the test over the years. My oldest daughter, Megan, she's 18 now. When she was four years old, my wife was tucking her into bed. And uh, my daughter asked my wife, Mom, how do you know that God is real? And my wife answered, well, honey, God answers our prayers. To which my daughter instantly replied, God, please send me a butterfly tomorrow. <laughs> and my wife came out and told me what happened. And I was like, oh, brother, that's never going to happen, right? That's, that's impossible. We're not getting butterflies. Uh, so, like, if I had had a butterfly net, I would have been out chasing down Butterflies trying to save God from uh, this prayer. Well, the next day I left for work, and I got a call around lunchtime. It was my four-year-old daughter, Megan. She said, Daddy, Daddy, God is real. He sent me a butterfly. I said, put your mom on the phone, because I know she's crazy, right? She's four years old. And, they, and my, my uh, wife took my daughter, four-year-old daughter, to the park. 
She said as soon as they got out of the car, walked off the uh, parking lot onto the grass, a butterfly flew and had been hovering around my daughter for an hour. And she actually put her hand out and the butterfly landed on her hand. See, I need to be careful what I call impossible. Because when I, I, you know, what I tell myself is never going to happen. Because when you pray, anything is possible. God would even send a butterfly to convince a four-year-old that he's real. My youngest daughter got in on the act. She's 15, about to be 16. When she was eight years old, she uh, wanted to take communion for the very first time. She had, I, I don't know where she heard about it, but she was like all amped up to take communion. Um, and so she asked my wife and I, and we talked about it, and we felt like she was a little young for communion. And uh, so she got uh, super mad, and she said, well, I'll just pray about it, uh, which is how, like, you know, little pastor kids rebel, right? They're going to, like, she's going to pray rebellious prayers to take communion. Like, that's, that's pretty tough. Well, that weekend, sure enough, we, uh, we went to a church. We were on vacation, and we went to a church we had never gone, for, uh, gone to before, and we dropped her off in the elementary classroom. And coming out of church, we noticed that Morgan had a giant grin on her face and a tiny little cup on her, in her hand. And, I, and uh, I said, honey, what happened? And she said, this is, she said, well, you said no, but God said yes and handed me the cup. <laughs> little punk. When you pray, anything is possible. Anything is possible. You never know what God might do. Even send a butterfly, even take us to the one church in all of America that serves communion to elementary kids. You never know what God might do. That's the first prayer statement. When you pray, anything's possible. It leads to the second prayer statement. So always pray and never give up. See, when you believe the first, that when you pray anything's possible, then you will practice the second statement. Always pray and never give up. It's important because God wants to do things in your life that seem impossible in your relationships in your family, in your career, in your finances, in your character, and in your faith. And you rise up to do these things by prayer. I mean, these, <laughs> these things are impossible. Let's just look at one arena for a second. Let's talk about marriage. Uh, I know that most of you aren't married, uh, but uh, you've seen marriages, you've been around marriages, Making a marriage work, marriages shouldn't work. They're impossible. No way should a marriage ever work. Listen to this truth. Men and women are so totally different. Have you noticed that? Women are so complex. Yeah, there he goes. Uh, women are so complex, and men are so not complex. You know that a woman can experience over 30 different unique emotions at the same time. <laughs> Chicks be crazy. That's what I just said. <laughs> Men did not know that 30 emotions existed <laughs> until I just said so. 
Men only experience three emotions ever. And one is I'm hungry. (laughs) And one is I want to have sex. And the last one is I'm angry because I'm hungry and I want to have sex. That's all that that men ever feel. That's what we feel. I'm not sure if I just crossed a line with you guys or not. I really don't. But here's what I would say. Uh, If you knew what I wasn't saying, you would be proud of me. (laughs) Marriage is impossible. It's impossible. It should never happen. And we could say the same thing about family. We could say it about career. We could talk about finance. We could talk about character. We could talk about faith. All of these arenas have complexities and difficulties that seem impossible. And it's right there where things seem impossible that this teaching matters. God wants to do things in your life that seem impossible. You rise up. You do these things by prayer. Because when you pray... Anything is possible. Anything is possible. So always pray and never give up. These two statements form the foundation of the teaching that Jesus delivered to his disciples on prayer at the, his last dinner with them. We call it the Last Supper. Most of us are familiar with the Last Supper. The, it's recorded in all four Gospels, uh, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's version Uh, The focus is on the establishment of communion, the bread and the wine, but John is always a little bit different, and John focuses on the conversation, because Jesus was giving them instructions on how to live after he left. This was his last supper with them. The conversation begins in John 13, goes all the way through 14, 15, and 16. It's an extended set of instructions telling uh, them what to do after he uh, was gone. This is the context where Jesus delivers the teaching on prayer we're going to talk about tonight. Prayer wasn't the only thing that Jesus was talking about. And to fully capture the power of what Jesus is saying about prayer, you have to understand the other instructions Jesus was giving them because they must have seemed impossible. Listen to what Jesus is telling his disciples they're going to do after he lives, after he leaves. And tell me these don't sound impossible to you. He said, you're going to love one another the way that I have loved you. Right? Have you met Peter? Like, he's not going to do that. That's impossible. You're going to have peace in the midst of chaos, he tells them. You're going to have no fear in the midst of persecution. The whole world is going to turn against you because of the name of Jesus, but you're still going to lead people to that name anyways. And Jesus said to them that they would do greater things than even he had done. And I think when the disciples were hearing these things, they were in their heads saying, that's impossible, that's never going to happen. God wanted to do things in their lives that seemed impossible. And he told them how he wanted to do it. Because right alongside all these impossible things, Jesus delivers a teaching on prayer. Open your Bibles to John 14, verse 14. Listen to this teaching on prayer. You may ask me for anything. There's that uh, word again. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. 
Always pray, right? When you pray, anything is possible. So always pray and never give up. And Jesus goes on to say the same basic thing five more times. Again, in uh, uh, verse, uh, well, in, in uh, chapter 14, and I will, you, I will do whatever you ask in my name. In chapter 15, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. In chapter 16, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. And uh, again, until now, you have not asked for anything, but now ask and you will receive. And finally, in that day, you will ask in my name. It says, if Jesus was saying to his disciples, I know that some of the things I'm saying you're going to go do sound impossible. But God wants to do things in your life that seem impossible. And then they're not impossible when you pray. When you pray, anything is impossible. Anything is possible. So always pray and never give up. See, I think if Jesus had a whiteboard, you wonder why this is here because I want to write about it. If if you knew me from back home, you would know that this is like my addiction to write on stuff like this. So I think if Jesus had a whiteboard, Jesus would have told them this, that when you pray, anything is possible. As a matter of fact, you never know. You never know what God's going to do. So always pray. I think he would have said that to him. You see that? When you pray, anything's possible. You never know what God's going to do. So always pray. Now I need to give us a little caution right here because some people take this these verses, you know, when you pray, I'll do anything for you. And, and we kind of make it, we take it and we, uh, uh, we make it seem like God actually bows to us. Or like God somehow gives, you know, that he, he's the one bowing to us. But that's not what prayer is. Prayer is how we bow to God. And you have to realize that the people, you know, that, that Jesus is talking to the disciples, they were already bowing to Jesus. They already left everything to follow him, and prayer was just an expression of their followership. It wasn't how they made God bow to, to their wishes. It was how they would bow to God's wishes. When you pray, anything is possible. You never know what God's going to do, so always pray. And I think Jesus would have said to them, be careful what you call impossible. Be careful what you call impossible. Because when you start saying something's impossible, what you start telling yourself is it's never going to happen. And when you start telling yourself it's never going to happen, you give up. And very often, you give up too soon before God really intended you to. There's a great example of this from the NBA Finals a couple years ago. How many of you are fans of basketball? Is there any out here? A few of you. I know there's, uh, basketball is just not so popular. How many of you are hoping I get done by 8.30 so you can watch a, a, football, a little football game tonight? Yeah, a couple of you. How, where's, the, uh, where's all the Oregon fans? Is there Oregon fans in here? Like three of you. Where's all the Ohio fans? Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. I just, I just totally took us in the wild direction, didn't I? There's a great example of quitting too soon in the NBA Finals a couple years back. Uh, this is a classic 2013 Finals. It went all the way to Game 7. San Antonio Spurs lose to the Miami Heat, who become repeat champions. But I want to talk about Game 6. 
Because it's not looking good for the Heat in game six. They're down in the series three to two, so if they lose, the series is over, they lose. And it's late in the game and they're down. And it seems like they're going to lose. So much so that many of the fans in Miami left the stadium only to discover their team rose up and started to come back. And, and the fans tried to get back into the stadium and they couldn't get back in. They were locked out. And it actually became such a problem that it made the news uh, what happened with these fans. So let's just spend a, a, about a minute and, and watch this video of the news clip of what happens with these fans. was by far the best game that he's been a part of, but a large number of unfaithful Miami Heat fans, well, they didn't even see the end of it because they walked out of the arena prematurely. They thought their season was over. Take a listen to what they had to say outside. It wasn't our year. It's okay, they tried. It's over. It wasn't our year. Devastated fans streamed out of the AAA only to learn moments later that their home team had forced overtime. Perhaps they've learned their lesson. Never lose hope in your home team. It quickly got ugly outside. Fans were begging to get back inside, but because of the arena's strict no re-entry policy, <laughs> security would not allow them back inside. They found themselves banging on those glass doors and trying to view the game on the TV screens in the Heat store. Now, last night, there were clearly two types of fans. We spoke to both outside. I can't believe they lost. That's the only thing I'm thinking right now. They were all so close. When they're under pressure, they normally rise to the occasion, but tonight it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. It saddens me. They were down a little bit, but we showed resilience, and we, we brought it back. Can't wait for Game 7. Game 7! We're going to win this! Why did I walk out? <laughs> I love that. They, uh, why did I walk out? It's a great question. Well, it's simple. Because you told yourself that it was impossible to come back. That it was never going to happen. So you gave up. And you walked out and you missed one of the greatest comebacks in NBA history. Ray Allen hitting a clutch three-point shot with like five seconds left to tie the game, taking the overtime where the Heat win and leads to the series. Let's watch the Ray Allen shot and see what they missed. Should the Spurs foul? Should Miami go for the three right away? Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up a three. Won't go. Rebound, Bosch. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. They had uh, tickets to the game, and they watched it on a TV outside, trying to see in the store. Isn't that great? Be careful what you call impossible. You get it? Be careful what you say is impossible. Be careful what you tell yourself is never going to happen. Because when you do this, you give up, and you find yourself missing out on the very best that God has for you. Because when you pray, anything is possible. You never know what God is going to do. So always pray and never give up. This is what Jesus is teaching his disciples there about prayer grit at the uh, dinner table. Do you guys understand this? You guys get it? The disciples got it. They embraced it and uh, they developed prayer grit and it opened up possibilities for these disciples. Uh, 
and they rose up. You read about it in the, books of, in the book of Acts. This is the early church recorded by Luke in the book of Acts. They did the very things that they would have called impossible. They loved one another like Jesus had loved them. They had peace in the midst of persecution and chaos. They were fearless in persecution. They saw people who hated Jesus, like the Apostle Paul, bow to Jesus. God did impossible things in them. They believed when you pray, anything is possible. That's what this teaching did for the disciples when they embraced it. And tonight I wonder what this teaching might do for you if you would embrace it. You know God wants to do things in your relationships and in your family that seems impossible. He does. And you rise up and you do them by, by prayer. And God wants to do things in your career and in your finances that seem impossible to you. Don't even make sense. You rise up to do these things by prayer. God wants to do things in your character, in your faith that seem impossible. And you rise up and you do these things by prayer. Wonder what would happen to you if you stopped telling yourself that things were impossible. Wonder what would, what would that mean for you? Stop saying to yourself that things were never going to happen. What if you stopped giving up? What if you believe that when you pray, anything is possible? You never know. What if you began to always pray and never give up? See, the power of this message is not in hearing it. The power is in embracing it. It's in actually applying it. In any arena of your life, in any arena of your life, if you will embrace this, you will rise up. That's a fact. God wants to do things in your life that seem impossible. You rise up and do them by prayer. I want to spend the rest of our time uh, talking about th what I would call three tough applications of this teaching. Because if you're going to embrace it, you're eventually going to come across these three very difficult arenas where you're going to have to apply it. And much like this morning where I invited you to, to take one of the promises and make it your kind of your promise for the semester that you hold on and never let go, then I would encourage you to do the same kind of thing with one of these uh, prayers. That you would take one of these prayers or again, maybe some other prayer that, that you would have, something else that you would pray for, and just decide I'm going to pray this prayer, and I'm never going to stop. I'm never going to give up praying this prayer. I thought it would be cool if, uh, you know, as I was praying over uh, today, that if we got done with today, you walked out of the room with a prayer and a promise. And, and uh, so let me walk you through the three tough applications. Maybe one of these prayers would be for you. So the first one is about sin, because some sins seem impossible to overcome. Have you noticed that? Some sins just seem, no one's going no to like raise their hand to that, right? Some sins seem impossible to overcome. This is especially true of what I would call heart sins. Things like anger, greed, lust, pride, or fear. These types of sins, because they're in our hearts, they're, they're almost, they seem impossible to overcome. But we should be careful, right, what we call impossible. I remember... Uh, a long time ago, while I was in Bible college, you know, and I, I was, uh, you know, uh, young and in school and whatever, uh, I was a new Christian, and I was walking with some other teachers, and I walked by uh, this teacher. His name was Glenn Miller, and uh, he was this intense, like, discipleship guy, you know. I, like, we walked by his office, and he was a mentor in my life, and he yelled out, hey, Welch, 
you can overcome sin in your heart. <laughs> I don't even know why he said it. And all my friends looked at me like, what does he know, right? And I'm like, I don't know what he knows. But I went back to his office later. I said, Glenn, how do you do that? How, how do you overcome sin in your heart? And uh, he said, listen, Jesus Christ has conquered sin on the cross. He's conquered. Sin has been conquered. It's been defeated. Christ is victorious. And you gain access to the victory by prayer. And some sins are so deep in you. They're so in your wiring that you have to pray over and over and over again to gain access to Christ's victory. And then he opened up his Bible to Luke chapter 18 and read, read for me the parable of the persistent widow, which I'll read to you. It'll be on the screens. Jesus told his disciples the parable to show them that they should, get this, always pray and not give up, right? He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in the town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so she won't eventually come and attack me. And that's uh, uh, what he said. Always pray and never give up. When you pray, anything is possible. There are our sins that seem impossible. But listen, you got to be careful what you call impossible. Because once you call that sin impossible to overcome, it becomes part of your life. It does. It becomes part of your life. And let's just be honest. There are some of you in the room that have given up the fight against sin. It's just part of your life now. You're not even trying to overcome. It's maybe the inner habits we were talking about, like anger, uh, uh, you know, our inner sins like anger and lust and greed and pride or fear or maybe different kinds of sins like some kind of unholy addiction or some kind of habit. Who knows what it could be? And it feels like it's impossible to overcome. Listen, listen, this is a, such a fact. Sin is never impossible to overcome until you say it is. And once you say it's impossible to overcome, you make it impossible because you give up the fight. And maybe today, maybe why God brought you here is so that you could take this prayer and make it your own this semester and begin, like, the, like the, the persistent widow, begin coming to God over and over. Always pray and never give up. Maybe that's what you need to pray. The second difficult arena is about relationships. Because some relationships seem impossible to mend. Have you noticed that? Relationships uh, are, are delicate things. They're easy to fall. It's easy to have a relationship fall apart, isn't it? Have you noticed that? It's easy from the fall apart. And it's once fallen apart, it's difficult to have relationships put back together. Hurt feelings, broken trust, anger, unforgiveness, all that stuff makes it, makes it seem so difficult. But God wants to do things in your relationships. Maybe you have a relationship that's just fallen apart. You know how many weddings I've done where the bride or the groom won't invite their parents? or a sibling, it's unbelievable. But, and some of you maybe exist in that kind of scenario, but you don't have to. Maybe this is a prayer that you should pray. God wants to do things in your relationships that seem impossible. And you rise up and you do them by prayer. I want you to listen to the story 
of a, a couple who are just precious. They go to our church and how prayer changed uh, their life and their marriage and re- really restored their marriage. This is Mark and Karen Tanner. And just listen, it's about three and a half minutes and just listen to the difference that prayer makes uh, in their life. Go ahead and, and play the video. Listen, there's no relationship so broken that it's impossible to mend. Maybe God uh, brought you here so that the Holy Spirit could speak to you about this very thing. Maybe you've, uh, you know, a family member or a friend and you've just decided, eh, it's never going to happen. And maybe God brought you here so that you could pick up the mantle of prayer and begin to pray, never give up, that God would restore the relationship. You never know what God's going to do. So some sins seem impossible to overcome. Some relationships seem impossible to restore. And the third uh, difficult arena is that some people seem impossible to reach for Christ. Uh, I know the story of two friends who grew up uh, together. They had similar last names, so they stood next to each other in line at school. They were friends because of it. When they graduated, uh, one of them became a Christian and began to pray for the other one. And by the time, uh, who was an atheist? And by the time they met up again, that person had already become a Christian. I know that story firsthand because I was the atheist in that story. So let me unpack it. My friend's name was John Wayner, which is a very unfortunate name. Uh, He was teased relentless. And I'm Miles Welch, and so we stood next to each other growing up in elementary school and in middle school. We played soccer together in high school. We were friends upon graduation. He went to UCLA, and I went into the Marine Corps. He became a Christian and was invited into a Bible study on the Apostle Paul. And he was told to pick your Apostle Paul and begin to pray for him. Paul was a person who was radically against God, persecuting the church, and then was radically changed for God. And so my friend John was supposed to pray for the person that he thought would never become a Christian. And he chose me. (laughs) And he began to pray. That was in September of 1992. I had no idea he was doing this. You know, we, we didn't even talk. We lost contact with each other after uh, the Marines and UCLA. Well, I became a Christian that December, having no contact with him whatsoever. And on Christmas break, he came home, and he called me up, and he said he wanted to hang out, that he had become a Christian, and he wanted to tell me about it. Well, I thought, I'm going to have fun with this, because he doesn't know I'm already a Christian, and he's going to try to share Jesus with me, right? So we went out to lunch, and he was trying to tell me about Jesus, and I was like, I was making it so difficult. I was talking about evolution and the dinosaurs, right? And just like, just tough, tough stuff that, that uh, he, he was, it was not going as he had planned at all. It was really, really, really fun. Um, and uh, during the course of the conversation, I, I took my jacket off, and he stopped in mid-sentence stunned. And he said, you're already a Christian, aren't you? And I said, yeah, how'd you know? Well, and he said, well, it's because your shirt, this is the shirt that I had on. <laughs> it was the only Christian shirt I had. And I had borrowed it from a friend, you know, and, and uh, I had a shirt that said Apostle Paul. And he just looked at me and he, then he said, you're my Apostle Paul. And he told me the whole story about that. Isn't that Unbelievable you got to be careful what you call impossible. you got to be careful when you say that somebody's so far from God that they can never come back 
No one is impossible. No one is so far that they can't be touched by grace. And maybe that's why you're here. Maybe you have a friend or a family member who's so far from God. And you would pick up the mantle. They would become your Apostle Paul. And you would begin to pray for them. Always pray. Never give up. When you pray, listen, anything is possible. Anything is possible when you pray. You never know what God is going to do. So always pray. Be careful what you call impossible. Because when you say that something's impossible, you start telling yourself it's never going to happen. And when you start saying it's never going to happen, you just quit. You give up. And you miss out on the very best that God has for you. So maybe it's one of those three prayers that we talked about. Maybe it's some other prayer. But pick up a prayer and decide this semester, just like you picked up a promise, pick up a prayer and decide that you're, you're going to pray and, and never let go until God answers the prayer. Just decide that. I'm going to keep praying. And so actually as we close, I'll pray together and we'll be uh, dismissed when I'm done. So Father, I thank you for these students that are here and and, uh, for their hunger for you, for their desire. God, it's unbelievable that this many students would gather when they really don't have to, to hear from you, to worship you, to celebrate you, to enjoy you. I pray that you bless them for that, God. I pray that you would set this truth deep in their heart. That when they pray, anything is possible. That you're so willing. You're so willing to to hear. You're so willing to answer. You can send butterflies. You can open up communion. You can lead somebody to you. You can restore a relationship. You can overcome a sin. When you pray, anything is possible. I pray that you would set a grit in these students to always pray and never give up. God, many of them pray and quit too soon and they miss out on what you have for them. Many people live with all these impossible things that they've, they've told themselves it's impossible and they just put walls in their life. Oh, I could never do that. That's never going to happen. This is never going to be restored. That's sin I'm never going to overcome. And they just put walls in their life. God, won't you break those walls tonight? And we love you. We honor you. We bless you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, awesome, you guys. You're dismissed. We'll see you uh, tomorrow. I guess it's at 11 tomorrow, right? All right, see you then.